listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, following. the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gotta do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best of Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for you. Two words. And just a man. The champ is here. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling, Season 3. Episode 3, I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, as always this season, which has been really cool, Matt Waite, welcome back. Thank you so much. Glad to be back. Dude, it's fun talking wrestling with you, man. It's good to catch up. Uh, This episode, we have to just get it out of the way. We're focusing on one thing. All in, baby. Oh, yeah. All in. It was crazy. This was a very, it was like, um, you know, WrestleMania weekend, just to briefly make a a WWE comparison, WrestleMania weekend is like, come look at all the cool WWE stars, and WWE is like the star of it itself, kind of. This was like a celebration, like this whole weekend, all-in weekend, was like a celebration of wrestling. All things wrestling. It was beautiful. I mean, from the different, uh, like they had StarCast event that was going, did you go to that too? I did not go to StarCast. Uh, okay, I didn't know because, I mean, I didn't even know StarCast was happening until I think it had already sold out. So I was a little bit uh, saddened by that. But you did get to do something pretty cool to kick off the all-in night, though. Yes. Uh, so prior to the show opening at 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., there was the flip-out party with Flip Gordon. Oh, man, that's radical. So what all went down? Was it just Flip? Were there other stars that made appearances? or uh, At the same time um, of this is that they were doing an autograph signing with Flip Gordon, Hangman Page, Marty Scroll, and Okada. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. Yeah. So they were all there. They were all sitting right there. Fucking A. That is so cool. So what was it like? Did you get to, like, you kind of mingled with these people a little bit, and then there was just, did they do anything special, or was it just kind of like a big gathering? It was just a big gathering of people who love, is uh, limited to 2,000 people. Okay. Uh, sponsored by Hot Topic and Pro Wrestling Tees. Bitchin'. Um... It's just basically a parking lot party. So they had the tent set up. Pro Wrestling Teams was selling. It was your first access to get the exclusive shirts and whatnot uh, for All In. So you didn't have to wait in the line inside. 
Oh, that's great. So if you didn't get to, and also if you didn't get to go to the event, you still got to have a really cool piece of history. No, no. That's the whole thing is that even with Flip Gordon, you had to have a ticket. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you had to have an all-in ticket and a Flip Gordon ticket to get into this event. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So you were at all-in as well? Yes. You were there live? I was there. I oh, was in Jesus the house. Fucking, this is going to change our whole conversation to like a whole <laughs> different level. I thought I didn't know we had two different experiences now because I I had to stream it, and that experience was not as enjoyable. The first match was almost unwatchable, um, but they finally got it kind of honed in later on. But back into the Flip Gordon thing, man. Uh, you said off air a little bit that he was like DJing, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so Flip was. Um going back and forth between the signings and uh, playing DJ and doing flips off the DJ stage, dancing around, and and that man can move. That is that man crazy that he suit. was so busy. In a suit? In no a less. Suit. Yeah. Wow. So they were dressed, obviously, like very nicely and professional. Dressed to the nines, baby. That's awesome. That is absolutely incredible. What was the vibe like being there with other wrestling fans who were there for this momentous occasion? All right. So it just just being inside the flip quarter party, it was just you, you could feel what was going to happen that night. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it was just. There was like. I can't, a... equate, it, I can't equate it to any other feeling. Ooh. It was kind of there was like a buzz in the air, maybe there was a buzz in the air. Everybody was there to celebrate this. And, you know, I don't even get that really that much experience with like Comic Cons anymore. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe back in the day, Comic Cons, it was just, you know, kind of had that energy going. Uh, But, man, it was just. Everybody was there for this, and it was just amazing. And you just you, you started to feel the energy, and then once that settled down, we had to get in line to get inside the building. Uh, once you were inside the building, man, it was just it. I was I was all struck, almost overwhelmed because you were finally yeah. there. I knew what this night meant, and it was just like after six, eight, ten months of buildup for this, it was just like uh, it's finally here. Man, and it was, uh, you know, I was seeing people because, you know, you were one of – I didn't, of course, know you do a good job of not posting your whole life on social media. So I didn't know you were actually in the event, but I had a couple people that I did know that were in the event that were sending me pictures and just yeah. seeing the set from pictures other people took, took my breath away. I was like, whoa, this is huge. Now, like, where were your, now where were you, your guys at? Uh, I had somebody who was facing directly at the stage and was maybe 40 rows back from the corner ring post. Okay. And then I had somebody who was probably in like section two mid nosebleed section. All right. So my setting was I was in section 107, eight rows back. So just off the floor, eight rows back. Perfect seats. Right, stage left, kitty corner to the ring. Oh, man. That's incredible. So you had amazing view of the whole night. 
Yeah, so I was at I was on hard camera side also. Oh damn! Now I'm gonna so, have to rewatch and see if I can catch your face. <laughs> oh, I'm not. We're not on screen at all because we were on the hard camera side. Oh, hard so, camera. Not, okay, my bad. Yep. Did that. So every time the wrestlers were, you know, they got up on the ring and did their things. It was on our side, so it was, it was just like it was perfect. Man, that's that's especially incredible. Uh, it was interesting that I didn't get to see the pre-show. I mean, I did catch the over-the-top battle royal, but WGN was really hard to actually access to watch this. You know, I thought they had like a, like a streaming service online, and they don't. Uh, so only way you could get it is if you had cable TV and then like Dish or Direct TV. But then some Direct TV packages don't offer WGN for their free streaming. Which is kind of weird, and you know that's kind of what I wanted to know is what the um, the ratings are for Zero Hour. I'm very interested, and I'm hoping that they come out on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. Like I said, I didn't get to see the first match, the uh, SoCal Uncensored Briscoes match, which so good. Oh, it was it was an awesome match. I, well, I hope to catch a replay or something on that, uh, but. Then when uh, the when the over the top budget battle royal happened, I was just finally getting the ability to see it. Okay, and it was a nice way to kick the night off. You, uh, they kind of did the classic uh, bully Ray thing where he was just a prick through the whole match, and yeah. uh, really sold that really well. Uh, I loved the generic uh, luchador turning out to be Flip Gordon. I thought that was very clever. That little that that guy with the little guy with the fro. A cheeseburger was the star, not cheeseburger. Oh 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 oh! I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh what was his name? Um, da, 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 uh, Marco Stunt. Yeah, the real was real the tiny dude. Yeah, yeah, and he had I some amazing he was like, spots. What, four foot eight. Yeah, little getting like, tossed around. Yeah. The fact that he went over and he missed his spot and Bully Ray cat caught him by his hair oh and my. pulled him back into the ring. The whole – there was like an audible gasp through the whole arena when that happened. That's kind of how it was when I was sitting at home. I was like, oh, my God, he is ripping dude's hair clean out of his skull right now. Yeah. And he's just gripping it. And, of course – with you saying that you're on hard camera side, that was r like right in front of you. No, no, that was on the facing side. Oh, okay, so I gotcha. The crowd. Okay, I gotcha. But yeah, we we had an audible gas in that whole arena when that happened, and it was just like wow, because usually usually when the wrestlers go for the hair grab, they grab the wrist to re release that pressure. There was no wrist grab. There was no wrist grab. So it was a deadlift of Bully Ray pulling this guy by his hair over the top rope. So it was what? Probably a good four or five feet. And dude's what? Probably like 120 pounds soaking wet, though? I wouldn't even say that. I'd say he's about an, up, up 90 pounds. Okay. He was a tiny guy. Uh, yeah, you, you had better visual on him than I did, yeah. obviously. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Other people who were a part of the over-budget Battle Royal. We had Jordan Grace. She looked amazing. Dude, she she was the other breakout star of that whole thing. Like, whoa. She was in the final four, even, which was yep. 
fucking i was blown away i was like this is awesome like the, the, whoever from the elite was actually booking the decisions that were made and we're going to talk about this throughout the night i think they did a fantastic job yeah through and through uh we had so jordan grace moose and rocky romero hometown boy colt cabana massive 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 pop for him uh ethan page brian cage Austin and Billy Gunn. It was pretty cool. I did. I guess I didn't know Billy Gunn had a son who was old enough to wrestle. Yep. And like, I thought it was Billy Gunn, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that's that's there are two of them. What is going on?" And then I heard the announcer, or uh, I, which announcer was it? I think it was Callis say that it was Austin, Billy's son, and I was like, "Whoa, that's incredible!" Like he, yeah, is he like was a, a last minute announcement. He was like he is like a little miniature his dad. Uh, so we also had Jimmy Jacobs, which his zombie bride gimmick is different. Not, and we had Moose. Yep. Uh, yep. Moose, uh, Brandon Cutler, Punishment Martinez, the hurricane, uh, Tommy dreamer, who unfortunately looks like he is not doing so hot. He was not what he once was, which is unfortunate. Uh, cheeseburger, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta were your other competitors with Flip Gordon and Bully Ray as well. Yeah, so that little reveal of... Because what happened was is that that generic luchador got taken out at the very beginning, and basically everybody forgot about him. I did. Everybody did, because he was just lying, and the way that they had the table, and they never went back camera side to it, like the the table, the way that bully hit that, it folded the table, so he was kind of hidden from everything. Man. So everybody, everybody just basically forgot about him, except for the people in that corner. <laughs> you know. Then I'm like, you know, um, once it got down to the final four, I looked down and he started to move around. That's when I remember that that was happening. And so I'm like, okay. That's who's going to win because my pick for it was Colt Cabana. Yeah, I mean it made sense. Hometown boy, give him a ROH yeah. World Title match. It just kind of wouldn't... and the fact that CM Punk fucked him over. Yeah, which is is more wrestling news we can absolutely talk about at some point. Yeah. Uh, so with these first two matches, SoCal uncensored, and then the Brisk and the Briscoe match, and then of course the over the battle of over budget battle royal. Uh, in the building, was it just like? Everybody was anticipating more and more and more the actual okay. start of the event. So, like, SoCal brought down the house. That was a great opening match. I mean, I wasn't expecting much. I didn't – I see, a lot of these guys I don't know because they're ROH and Impact and CMLL and other various – AAA? Indies. Yeah, NWA. It was crazy the amount of different. Uh, there were like yeah. seven or eight organizations that put this on. So uh, there's a lot of people I don't know. So I never actually seen SCU wrestle, but I love their promos on being the elite. So once they hopped in, and man, them versus the Briscoes, it was phenomenal, and the crowd was white hot. Then the over top battle royal. The bat, the place was hot, and I don't know how that projected onto the television on WGN, 
But um, I got to rewatch. I started rewatching it. I actually sat down and watched it on New Japan World uh, before this happened. And the crowd cheers don't come off very well on the TV to compare to what it was in the arena. Oh, and that and that's something that's to be definitely said. That, that, you know, WWE has a kind of a, a secret history of piping in fake audience when they like put replays out and their well, and videos also, and shit. Also on television, I mean, because I did NXT, right? Okay, yeah, that's true. They mic the ring, so when they slam, it sounds louder. Mm-hmm. Than it actually is. So, they didn't mic the ring on all in. So when somebody hit that mat and it's loud, or somebody's doing a chop and it's echoing through the arena, it was legit. You're like, oh, he is taking that like a fucking He's, champ. Yeah. No, because I noticed that when I was on NXT, I'm like, man, that ring. Because I was almost in the same seats at NXT that I was for all in. Oh, dang. That's and awesome. The, the ring was a hell of a lot louder, and the chops were a lot louder. And I can hear the ref hitting the mat louder. So I'm like, okay, they mic. There's mics hidden throughout the ring. Which then when the people cheer in the front, it gets picked up in by the cameras. That makes it sound louder. Okay. Well, I at thought, least that's my that's my theory. I at think, least but. I think you're right. I mean, I've always said that because sometimes you hear dialogue between wrestlers when they're like, <laughs> you know, in a break they're mode, trying to do their spots, and yeah. they're trying to figure out what the next spot is exactly. They're like, okay, okay, you're gonna come off the ropes, and then we're gonna do a reversal, you know, and then go from there. And sometimes you hear some weird shit, but you can't quite make it out because it's not super yeah. loud, but it's loud enough that you're like, what are they saying? Like, why I would like, you be uh, talking? Um, Not like Ronda Rousey. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Good Lord. Okay. So Flip Gordon wins and the place pops off. It's just, I I can't, I would love to see how that was on air because New Japan World didn't carry zero hour. Oh. But going off air, I thought, I, I, I could see that would be an amazing, amazing moment. It was too because it was like the generic Luchador won and wait, he's pulling his mask off. It's Flip Gordon, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's genius!" Like, they kept playing that Flip wasn't going to make it into All In. He wasn't All In. He didn't deserve to be All In. He couldn't get Cody to put him All In, and then to find him a way around it. I'm now interested in seeing how the Flip and Cody interaction will happen on the other side of that. Like, oh, you think you can sneak on my effing event and just do whatever you want? No, huh? see, I don't think that's going to happen. Only because, and you'll we'll talk about it a little bit more later. Cody went from since since even Dominion. Let's just say Dominion. Mm-hmm. Cody has gone from the most hated person to super over. He might be the most over dude in wrestling in all of yeah. wrestling right now. Between him. Uh, him okada and uh kenny omega mm-hmm. those are the top three over people in all of wrestling wwe and uh new japan ring of honor those are the top three guys right now 
easily, and I can easily agree with you. So here's a match, jumping back into the card here. Here's a match that's kind of hard for me to speak on at all because, again, first match on the main card, we had really bad streaming issues. So okay. the, the Matt Cross-MJF match, I saw some of, kind of. So what was that <clears> this like? Was the, this was the un. So there was a lot of confusion going on inside the arena because this was the unadvertised match. So we were expecting what was already released, and then all of a sudden, first match was uh, uh, Matt Cross and uh, MJF. And we're just like, what the fuck is this? Sorry for the language. I gotta. You can, I'll, I'll you try can to actually myself. say fuck if you want on this show. Okay. I don't. We don't beep ourselves here. Okay. So we're just. So we're just like, okay, what's going on here? And uh, yeah, it was te- technically it was a great match, but since it wasn't advertised and this is not what you know, kind of like what we wanted, it's it did suck a lot of energy out of that room. Because everybody was expecting to start with something that was on the card Advertise. we knew was yeah. coming. You know, maybe you kick it off with the four-corner survival match with the chicks. M- maybe you start it with the hangman pay. I mean, you could have started it anywhere, but yeah. this is the route they chose to go. I didn't really, like I said, I unfortunately don't really get a chance to see this match so much, so I can't. I, was, I heard that there was a rumor that they did this because just in case if there was problems with the camera or problems with the streaming that they could go okay well this wasn't a match that was advertised so you can't really ask for a refund okay but i don't know how true that rumor is or if that rumor that rumor is true but it would be a good play it is actually it sounds like a very smart decision that the bucks and cody would make like well, we're gonna get into all in, and what if something goes wrong? We don't yeah, so want. So you don't want to. You don't want to throw on one of the advertised matches and nothing works, and then people are gonna be like, "Well, I didn't get to see that match because it went dead." Yeah. So they kind of threw this on. I mean, it was a, a nine-minute match, so it didn't really affect the card all that much. So it was a good placement. The two guys did phenomenally well. Matt Cross did some really great high spots. MF, MJF is a prick in his advertisements with Cody leading into this. He was a prick. And they did a great job. But again, it wasn't what was advertised, so a lot of people were confused. And they, it just really did suck a lot of energy out of that room. And that leads into the next match, too. Yeah, and the next match, interesting to really kick the card off here. You know, this is maybe a little more of a specialty match that if you were a different company, you probably would have put it later in the card, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But uh, we got Christopher Daniels and Stephen Amell. Uh, Stephen Amell coming out with Josh Josh Segura. Hard to say his name. He played Prometheus in uh, Arrow, which as soon as I saw him, I was like, Fuck yes. And then I saw the Prometheus Club shirt and I was like, I need to own that. It's probably a one you know, of one. That's coming from Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, I hope I hope is it really actually like already a thing that they're going to release? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. 
yeah, it makes sense. I'm just I'm hoping it wasn't just like a specialty one off because he was doing it. Um, I'm checking pro wrestling tees that right now. <laughs> I love that. Our R and D department is on it, folks. Uh, from from my perspective, and I'll get your perspective on the flip side here. Uh, the Christopher Daniel Stephen Amell match came off very well. I thought Amell looked phenomenal in the ring. He um, he displayed really great athleticism, extreme courage, and uh, took some pretty gnarly bumps. And overall, I I I I could see Stephen Amell in two years or three years when Arrow's done him hanging up those proverbial boots and actually strapping up, you know? Um, this is one of those matches that it was, it didn't, the crowd reaction wasn't that into it yet. The high spots got cheers and everything, but um, it looked like it was a 12-minute match. They could have done it in six to eight minutes and i think it would have been better because it's say when you when we were sitting there watching it christopher daniels not giving anything away from Stephen amell christopher daniels did carry him through a lot of this match oh yeah christopher daniels being a professional yeah. long tenured having been through tons and tons and tons and tons of amazing matches in his career, whether it be AJ Styles or Joe or whoever he's faced, um, Brian Daniels or, and whatnot. Um, he did carry Stephen Mill because Stephen is still green. He doesn't know. Very green. But he, I got I got I give him all the props in the world. He did the high spots. Um, he did the basics very well. And I give him all the props in the world. And I know there was a point that he was just completely gassed. Oh, yeah. And man, yeah, he did. He did phenomenally well. I mean, it's a lot better than the Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam Bigelow celebrity match. Oh, my God. WrestleMania 12, right? Yeah. Uh, 13. Or was it 11? I think it was 11. It was 11. That's right. Because 12 was uh, Sean, Brett, yeah. Iron Man. And then 13 was uh, Taker, Diesel. Yes, with uh, Austin, Bret Hart. Yeah. In Chicago. Which we talked about last time. Yes. Uh, well, like like I said, I, I was happy with this uh, match with Stephen Amell. When they added him to the all-in card, I really wasn't surprised him and Cody being longtime friends, working together in WWE, Cody appearing on Arrow. They just kind of have like a cool working relationship, so it was neat to see yep. him over. Uh, up next on the card was a match I was looking forward to cautiously because I don't know, I didn't know every competitor in the match, um, but I knew it was going to probably put on a clinic because it's on all-in, so it's got to be special. And that was the uh, Chelsea Green, Madison Rain. Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, I should say, and Tessa Blanchard match. What did you guys think about this match from in the arena? Because it seemed like, from me looking in, this is when you guys started to get back into that energy that the pre-show put together. 100% correct. And this is, the, this is the match that brought everybody back. We started getting, the whole crowd starting to get back into it. Um Massive pops for Tessa, Madison, uh, Britt, and Chelsea. Chelsea or Chelsea? Chelsea. 
Um, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. I had to look, too, because I was like, fuck, I actually don't remember. Well, it's depending if you're New York or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, um, going into this match, you know, everybody was just like – because Stephen Amell did that high spot where he drove – he literally went through that table's shoulder first. Oh, buddy, it looked – it looked painful yeah well because and i don't know if you if you if they like had a lot of replays on the cameras in the arena but um they were they okay so in the arena they were streaming the pay-per-view at the exact same time oh that's kind of cool yeah so whatever you guys were seeing at home on the big screen above the entrance titantron or the entrance leds was what was on television whoa that's kind of cool. So, so, go ahead. Yeah. So they did replay that whole shoulder dive and everything because we couldn't exactly see it from our angle. So we got to see the replay, and I'm just like, "Oh, buddy, you got to twist your body at that last second so you don't drive your shoulder through." Yeah, it kind of also kind of looked like when the table broke, that yeah. the the part that the leg was attached to smacked him in the back of the head. Yeah. Like, just kissed him in the back of the head a little bit. I was like, oh, my God. He is unconscious right now. He is done for. And then he finished the match. I cannot wait. I can't wait to see him at the next uh, comic convention I go to. Yeah. I'm just going to give him mad props for that. But, again, we're going back to the the four corners match here. But going into it, uh, Chelsea Green with the whole little – uh, dual personality thing that got huge pops inside of it and the high spots with that. I mean, the women brought it back and it was a great match, even though there's a little confusion at the end. Yeah, because it seemed like even on TV that uh, whoever Tessa was pinning, I think it was maybe Chelsea or maybe it was Britt. But w- I think it was Britt. She kicked out. She that, kicked out, and the other two came in, and it was really close. It looked like they and broke think, it up too. I think it was because of the camera angle, because there's a lot of confusion in the in the arena too. Ah. Um, but I I know because I rewatch it, and that camera angle didn't give it any justice either. So, do you think this is a botch where maybe Tessa wasn't meant to win, <clears throat> and the ref... I don't think it was a botch at all because. I think it was supposed to happen. Um, it just everybody came too close. Okay. I think <clears throat> she was supposed to hit the three, and then she was supposed to kick out right after that three. And then the other two women were supposed to come in and make it look like they did the pin, but like um, going to break it up, but Chelsea, just missed Chelsea it. Chelsea was way too close mm-hmm. when they came up to try to break up that pin. Yeah, her so ring. That's where I think the confusion came in. Her ring position made me think she was, you know, was was destined to like maybe do a rope grab or something. Yeah. You know, and, and of course that didn't happen and I was like, oh oh, oh I, I well I guess I guess the match is now over. Yeah, uh, but Tessa Tessa looked like a badass. Absolutely. She's you definitely can, a standout. Yeah, she's a standout. She's going to be a superstar. She has that look like I'm going to whoop everybody's ass. <laughs> and she's got and, it in her in her fucking blood, you know. Yeah, 
She just looked phenomenal. Every all the women looked phenomenal. Totally, and, and uh, all the spots were cool that they did in the match. It was good to see Madison Rain. I haven't seen. I mean, I I met her a long time ago when she was still in TNA. When it was still TNA. Yeah. Um. So it was cool to see like her back in action. Chelsea Green kind of reminded me a little bit of Daphne from WCW days. Kinda. Like not quite though, because she has the dual personality thing, and and Daphne was always fucking crazy. Uh. So yeah, man, this was a great match. I enjoyed it a lot, and I do really enjoy how with All In, it felt like every single match had its own feel, its own style, and was completely its own star to anything else. Yeah. Like, even the matches, like the Matt Cross match, it was like, okay, well, it's kind of the the dark match of the event, as it were, you know? Well, here's here's two indie guys. Here's the new indie guy. Here's the old indie guy. Yeah, and, and check them out and see what they can do, and, and it was good. And then, you know, the Christopher Daniels match, it's that whole celebrity match. Here's your celebrity bit. match, yeah. Then you have the women's match, and it is very personal, fatal four-way, four, well, four-corner survival match. Uh, but then the next match, man, I wasn't ready for them to put this so early in the night. Like, when Cody's music hit, I was like, really? Already? I have a small theory on that, too. Sure, bring it on. Because you had Cody and the Young Bucks in gorilla position the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. So you put Cody on first um, to get the, the, the timing is. So you have Cody go on so he could do his match, get back, shower, change clothes, and get back into gorilla. Hopefully in time, I don't know how long it, you know that would take. Because he was, he probably had to get his head checked and patched. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm. That was my theory is that they did that because Ray was going to be the main event with the box. That was the rumor. That's what was going to happen. So you couldn't have Cody go further into the card. Because then who are you going to have at Gorilla? Then, then who you're going to have at Gorilla? Totally makes sense. Okay, well, okay, that absolutely makes sense. Now, I'm, you know, we're gonna kind of riff on this match for a few minutes. The Cody Rhodes, and I'm gonna call him Cody Rhodes, Nick Aldis match is a shocking match for me, actually. Like okay. the, the end result was shocking because I, I, I kind of really wasn't expecting that. Uh, in a good way. I mean, I really, by all means, that was the result I wanted to have happen, and we will get there. But um, it I, it was unexpected a little bit. I will say also, they did a great job of selling that early injury with Cody. Oh, dude, you the, you could hear a pin drop when um, Earl threw up that X. I know. Because, well, of course, that's them working all of the smart marks. Yeah. And it was so clever because... You didn't think anything of it. If Earl Hebner's throwing up an X, something's fucking wrong. Yeah. You know, so when people start rushing into the ring, there was like kind of, at least from my visual, chaos. Like, oh shit, he's really hurt. And how's the match going to go on if Cody can't fucking wrestle? You know? Well, you had like 30 seconds before that first person came out, and that was DDP. Yes. When you see DDP be the first person out, all the smarks were like, okay, so this has to be a work. 
absolutely. And they and it and it was very cleverly, smartly done. Cody fighting back, not giving up the whole you know, fighting spirit of a champion. Him and Nick Aldis put on one hell of a match though, overall. Okay. Told a beautiful story throughout. Um, and the finish was like I said, surprising and out of nowhere. The the pin was. The result wasn't. Okay, so a lot of you guys felt that pretty confident Cody was walking away with the NWA, NWA World's Championship before the event. 100%. I mean, I guess it makes sense. When I saw this card, okay, and this was like one of the first matches announced, at least in my mind, and I don't think that we was ever, the first the first match announced. It was at, uh, yeah. So when when that was announced, I in my head went, well, that's an easy one to predict. Cody's going to lose because it's his event, and it's okay that he doesn't win because he's that kind of businessman. Make Nick Aldis look great, you know, obviously. That way Cody doesn't have to do any NWA work because he's doing a lot of ROH and New Japan stuff. I fully was not expecting that to be the result. So, yeah, color me surprised. Genuinely. See, a lot of people, and we talked about it a lot with some of the guys um, at like the the uh, the party and in the arena and stuff. And a lot of them agreed with what I was thinking. You have the relaunch of NWA. You have this event where all eyes are on this event. What they a, needed to put the title on Cody to boot to elevate the NWA title again. Yeah, this Nick is, Aldis did a great job, but now the the world's eyes were on this event, and now the title means that much more. Mm. This is curiously almost the case of Bill Goldberg winning the Universal Championship, which was a very strange decision. But the Universal title needed the Goldberg rub more than Goldberg needed the Universal title rub at that time. Uh, so I totally can appreciate what you're saying here. NWA is rebuilding. Billy Corgan just bought it, right? Or is running it? Yeah. Did he buy it? He bought it. He did buy it. Okay. After the whole fallout with TNA. So, uh, man. <sighs> Whew. Cody having that title makes things even more interesting, too, because now it's like you almost think, I need to fucking watch NWA now. Like, I need to see what's going on there. Well, I think somebody had a good theory is that if they're going to be running this once a year, make the NWA title the title for all in. Ooh. All the the NWA titles for – it will be the titles for all the all ins. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It would be, um, I'd be into that. Uh, I loved also seeing, I want to mention that Sean Devari and Jeff Jarrett were out there alongside of Nick Aldis, as well as Tim Storm, who Nick Aldis defeated to win the NWA championship. So. And, and also one of the greatest wrestlers ever to grace was on Cody's side, and that was Glacier. Yes, I was just getting ready to mention that Glacier was in there with Tommy and DDP. I was shocked to see Glacier, because at first I did a double take. I was like, why do I know that guy's fucking face? Who is this guy? 
And it's like I'm going through the Rolodex of wrestling in my head. I'm like, who's? And then I was like, no, it's it's fucking Sub Zero Junior. Are you yep. kidding me? I was so excited. I was. I'm the only one in my my in my group that I'm like, dude, that's fucking Glacier, man. That's Glacier. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was totally awesome. And uh, yeah, that was a beautiful. Let me just go back into the match here. The quick pen Cody pulls off to win the match was beautifully executed. Well, the false finish was great. Brandy taking the bump was great. Brandy Brandy is the best valet in modern times. 100% agree with you. You know, being in, you know, some of the people were like, oh, he, she took a bump and, you know, she was fine moments ago. Forgetting that she's a wrestler. Yeah, she takes bumps. She takes bumps. She could take a bump. She could take an elbow. So and I, mean, I had no problem with that. She married Personally. into wrestling royalty. Of course she's going to yeah. be cool with taking a fucking bump. Are you kidding yeah. me? So, and it made sense, you know, because in the arena it was just like, okay, why is she going in? But then rewatching it and that moment where she's reaching in and grabbing Cody's hands, she's like, you don't have to do this. And then Earl comes up. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, t- I'm dealing with my husband. I'm like, okay, that makes sense why she came back around and tried to cover him. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't hear that in the arena. But, yeah, that actually made a lot more sense that that spot made sense. And the fact that Nick Aldis was basically already in the air when she decided to go in and cover him. Man, it, and it, it was so well executed, like the timing of it and everything. It looked brutal, but it also knowing that he did it so safe. Oh, yeah. He barely even got her at all yeah. with the way he yeah. landed. I was like, man, professional elbow drop, Nick Aldis. It looked like it looked like he was just, re, you know, like on the sofa, putting his arm up, resting his head and, you know. And you could tell that all the impact went onto his hip and it, you know, barely touched. And it was just, it was like, it was beautiful. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Beautiful moment for Cody to win the, the match, win the NWA world's heavyweight championship. He is now in elite company because him and dusty are now the only father son duo to ever hold the NWA world's heavyweight championship. Yep. That's beautiful. It's super cool. Yeah, and it was, what, almost 40 years to the day? It's ridiculously close. I think it was within two days. Yeah. Maybe. Like, tomorrow is the actual anniversary of Dust. I'm going to look that up. See, now you got my brain going. <laughs> I totally forgot I had All In playing on my computer in the background, and I just flipped, and now the, the, the Four Corners women's match is on. Gotcha. I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to get trapped in watching that because then I'll stop talking. That would be awkward. So <laughs> Dusty Rhodes first in WA title. It, it's not telling me what years he won them. So I can't, I don't look, I cannot see a date for some reason. Damn you, Internet. Uh, so that would have been roughly the 70s. So. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, 1981. That was his second reign. Yeah, second reign. Uh, 
Dusty Rhodes, August 21st, 1979. House show in Tampa, Florida. Oh. So within 10 days. Damn, that's pretty baller. Yeah. It was it, it was an awesome moment. I like I'm a little hung up on it. And but... he held it he held it for 5 days. <laughs> Short rain. Short rain. Long may he live. Short may he reign. But then he picked it back up on June 21st, 1981. And then held it for a bit, I do believe. 88 days. Yeah, that's a nice little rain. Uh, don't want to get too hung up on Cody because we're going to have to get hung up on another person. Maybe oh, the most. Up? Yeah. You, you, do, you do an intentional pun there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe one of the most surprising matches of the night because there were the some things. The sleeper hit. Absolutely well said. Sleeper hit of the night. Hangman Page versus Joey Janela with Penelope Ford as his valet in a Chicago street fight. They took it to the limit with each other. There were so many high spots, so many street fight little things. The Right down to the product placement of Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. Beautifully done um, at ringside with the actual Cracker Barrel. There was so much going on in that match. Um, between the, the ladder doing the, um, I forgot what hangman's move was on that ladder. Oh yeah. He does the, like, uh, the torture rack, uh, type inverted. In yeah. Inverted, uh, tombstone. Oh, to all the callbacks on being the elite. Um, now going into this match, I had no idea who Joey Janela was. Same. But I'm a fan now. Also same. They put on one hell of a match. I will yep. say one spot that blew my mind was a near botch. The powerbomb off the stage. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. From where I was looking on like the TV view, I thought that Joey Janela broke his neck. Yep. Because I thought his foot got caught on Hangman's like arm or something when he was releasing him. And it pulled him back just far enough to where he didn't launch. And he just, and I also thought if he didn't hit his neck on the table, he might have hit his uh, like lower back on the last step. And phew, he was very, very, very pro, though. He just like got right back in the match and it didn't look like it killed him and didn't need a lot of recovery time and got back into it. And yeah. Uh, this match, of course, had maybe the biggest pop of the night featuring another Joey. Well, no, before we get into oh, that. Oh, yeah, we, yep, sorry. The VIP of this match is Penelope. Yeah. She she was just, I was surprised. She, she executed, um... Some maneuvers that I was I was completely wowed. I mean, here's this you know five foot two blonde woman, just flipping all over the place and taking bumps. And man, she was. I thought I thought she was the VIP of this whole match. Okay, I can see that for sure because I, and another Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, Penelope Ford being another person I really wasn't introduced to until this event. Yeah. Uh, high praise, high praise for Joey and Penelope because, man, they put on one hell of a clinic, and 
there were so many ooze going on during that whole thing that it was it was just it was so great and i give them all the props in the world um who they call back to the boots yeah i just remembered that sorry yeah going to the boots going to the phone that killed joey um yeah, it was just overall just a brutal match, and yeah, the 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 crowd was white hot throughout this whole thing, especially after the end, after Hangman Page won and the lights go out. Were you guys a hundred percent certain what was coming? Like, was we there no doubt? We knew what was coming, but we didn't know how it was coming, and the way that it was executed was hilarious the whole crowd was just in shock and laughing you didn't know how it was coming oh my god penis druids galore and maybe the greatest chant in professional wrestling history yep rest in penis well now going back going back into uh uh, watching it and Don Callis is one of the greatest lines ever. It's now the resurrection. The resurrection of Joey Ryan. Yeah. I'm just like, man, that is a great fucking line. High praise to Don Callis too. <laughs> because he what? is becoming this like wrestling mastermind behind the scenes. And everybody's talking about how TNA is a different product now and the wrestling is really good. They're getting really great talents back in. and, and it's, it's like Don Callis is what they should be doing with Paul Heyman in WWE. Yes, 100% trust in his judgment and give him the reins. Yep. And Paul Heyman, poor Paul Heyman, he's off TV for a minute. No, he's going back backstage. Oh, hey, why did you quit, by the way? Oh yeah, I was just tired. <laughs> is just this a nap? Is that sideline to the Kevin Owens thing? Is that a storyline him quitting, or do you think he actually quit? Who signs a seven-year contract four months prior and then quits? I don't actually have a good answer for you. So okay, you have given he's, me my he's answer. He's just he's just taking a vacation. Okay, that's good. I mean, he's he's been doing it, you know, almost every day for four years. And now he's taking a rest so he can come back. He's going to get a huge pop. And a huge push. And a huge push. Do you think they're going to repackage him into working with Paul Heyman? No. Some people have said online that that's a rumor. And I'm like, I don't think KO needs a mouthpiece like Paul Heyman. No, he's too good on the mic to do it. It would be like, why do you have two talkers now? Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you that I don't they think They should that's have a smart repackaged move. him with Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, Bobby Lashley. Come on. Yeah. Any of those guys. Lashley you know. desperately needs someone that can talk for him because he cannot cut a promo to save his life. No. It's it's really kind of sad how how poor his promos works. He's a great athlete though, so you really can't fault. Great, him. great athlete, horrible on the mic, um, and he's one of those guys that his voice doesn't really match his physique. Very true. 
You're like, so, oh my god, you're gonna kill me! And then he opens his mouth, and you're like, oh my god, are you Mickey Mouse? Oh my god, come here, give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> you seem so nice. Yeah. Uh, so this next match that we got to get into here is uh, Jay Lethal putting up the ROH Championship against Flip Gordon, who had won the Over Budget Battle Royal early in the night. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match? I will say that maybe if Colt Cabana would have ended up in this match, I would have thought that the ROH title would change hands. But with Flip, I feel like this was just kind of a novelty match. My thought going into it is that, okay, if they're going to change it to Flip, then Flip can go back to Cody and said, you want a title? I want a title. Let's put the titles up. Ooh. You didn't believe in me. I proved you wrong. Let's continue this story. Man, and they Flip would be so over, too. Yep. But but then going back to Cody's face now, so I don't think that would have worked. And that's why I kind of think they went the way that they did. Yeah, which was safe. The match was safe. Yeah. Uh, if it was Cody heel, it would have it probably would have went that way. But you can't do that same thing with face Cody. Man, he's so over now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, the match the match was a good callback match. Like the whole <laughs> I, I see why they put Brandy out there with flip for those callbacks to the uh, uh the um Get over here, Liz. And yeah, the whole thing like grabbing her by the wrist and bringing her around to his corner and saying, You stay here and then her trying to sneak off again and you know, she runs into the ring and puts him up on her shoulder. I'm like, I am completely 100% sold, you know, because I, I know I know Jay Lethal from back in, you know, the few times I did watch uh, TNA with Black Mochismo. Man, do you remember to just riff on TNA and Jay Lethal for a second? Do you remember the legendary woo-off between he and Ric Flair? Yeah. God damn, is that some hilarious, amazing television? <laughs> Just going back and forth. He's mimicking Flair's style. He throws the jacket down, nails the like the knee drop into the roll. Yep. Woo! Back and forth. Oh. Jay Lethal is so. very, very entertaining. He is highly underrated, and I feel he's well-deserving of the ROH World Championship. Yes, 100%. But again, you know, this match, here's your fun match of the night. Absolutely. And like we said earlier, they hit on every cylinder on this one. So here's your here's your sports entertainment match. Well said. Yes. Jay did a beautiful job switching gimmicks throughout the match, by the way. Yep. Being able to discern. And it's crazy because, and I think that Callis even says it in, in commentary, his voice changes immediately. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell Macho is inside of him, I guess. You yeah. could say it like that. Uh, and I heard this was Lanny Poffo's idea because he didn't want to go back to doing Black Mochismo for this match. And it was uh, Lanny, Lanny's idea. Well, I think it paid off. It was yeah. well executed. It was very funny, clever. Uh, it, the match was really fucking good. 
Yep. Like, I think Flip Gordon is really in the same league as Jay Lethal, is a highly underrated guy who deserves to maybe have more praise. Uh, and I love that he has kind of become a, like a, his own standout star on being the elite, you know. And I think he needs to stay there. If he goes to WWE while Vince is there, Flip would be destroyed. He'll go to 205, man. And he can't do his flippy thing. Also true. Vince does not like the flippy thing. So you you take out his first name. He was just Gordon at that point. Oh, God, that's boring. <laughs> well, here we have Gordon. Gordon, tell me a little bit about yourself, huh? No, he'll probably have, like, uh, Gordy Gordon would be his name. Gordy Gordman. Yeah. <laughs> All he does is go in there and he just does a wrist lock. That's his thing. Collar and does wrist lock. And collar and elbow tie-ups. Yep. And then he goes home. Don't you dare do that flippy stuff in my ring. I can't. But you could do suicide dives. Suicide dives all day, every day. Every single suicide dive you can handle. Through the second ropes. Let's go. Yes, only through the second ropes, not over the top rope, but through the second rope. Well, fuck no. The last person that tried to do an over the top rope suicide dive was Undertaker, and that motherfucker did not catch him, and he about broke his neck. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah, because there's a huge difference between that one and a half foot. <laughs> not really, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> So Flip, uh, Flip, uh, Flip loses this match, unfortunately, to Jay Lethal, who ends the, he nailed the elbow drop at the end, right? Yep. Big big elbow Three drops. Times. Oh, yeah, that's right. He went up once, and then he went up twice, and then he went up a third time. I thought if after the third time Flip kicked out that he was going to win the title. I was like, if he kicks out after this, yeah, holy shit, like it's on. But he did not, and the match uh, ended there. And then we kind of got to the point where we were down to very few and matches left. Go ahead. I I knew I knew Jay Lethal wasn't going to lose the title then because why would a Ring of Honor waste switching the title on a card that's not theirs? Very true. They didn't really have well. I mean, I guess you kind of have something to gain because it's more people talking. But I also see it from the perspective like you're probably thinking where if both the NWA and ROH titles switch hands on this card. People yeah. are only going to talk probably about the ROH title because they're already well-known. Yeah. And it's going to overshadow NWA's moment right now with Cody. Yeah, and Or vice versa, that, I guess. Yeah, and the NWA is just starting out, so they needed all that they can get. Absolutely well said. All right, well, mo- let's move on now to what all the internet people are saying is arguably match of the night. And I want to get your perspective because you were there. So take us through it. Kenny Omega versus Penta El Zero, also known as Pentagon Jr. I've never been in a room that shook from people. Oh, shit. <laughs> The room literally shook the whole time 
from the people in this uh, this arena. I've been in with concerts that, you know, has the speakers going and it's shaking the room, the arena. But this arena shook doing the Terminator, uh, the, you know? Yeah. And the cheering and the stomping and going crazy you know, people cheering zero. What is it? Zero El Nero. Mm-hmm. Every time he did it, I mean, besides Loudly. the end, the end of Cody winning the NWA title, and this match were just shaking. You know, but with the Omega match, it was shaking the whole time. And <laughs> after like the sixth time that they dropped each other on the neck, I'm just like, guys, you just got to quit doing this. Fucking knock you it off, right? Quit trying to cripple one an- one another. It was a brutal but brilliantly done match. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I had seen Pentagon Jr. wrestle. Same here impressed the shit out of me i see why he was in a match with kenny omega yeah because they put it on i mean it wasn't okada omega one or two or anything but it was a fucking fun hell of a match enjoyable throughout uh lots of really crazy spots lots of dangerous spots uh and lots of dropping like you said on the neck which no yeah, after this after the six one i'm just like guys you got you know i'm just like that kid, the, the kid on Simpsons, like, stop, he's already dead. Just stop. <laughs> that makes me think of uh, similarly, we're in danger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, one of us is going to die now. Good, good luck. Hope it's not me. Um, yeah, but that, that whole match, man, just like I said, it was the first time that I ever saw Penta, and I was just, you know, he's got a fan in me now. I'm going to go back and watch some Lucha Underground to see Penta. Because yeah. um, there was nothing, you know, my, my buddy James was like, okay, go ahead and start watching Lucha Underground. It's good. But there was nothing that caught me in that first season you know the first couple episodes i usually give something about three to four episodes before i give up on it and nothing hooked me in that first season for me to continue but now seeing penta i'm like all right i need to go and see his build up i think it's really funny that you mentioned that because same i watched some of the first of uh, Lucha Underground and did not get into it and was like, I don't know why people are really into this. Like Johnny, I guess, Impact, uh, Impact now, but he was... Whatever Johnny version he is Johnny now. Lucha, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you said, whatever he is now. Uh, okay, I've, I've seen him wrestle. I'm a fan of him, but he alone doesn't sell me on Lucha Underground. I but, wonder if he was Johnny uh, Glow in that series when he did that first episode. Do you think he was Johnny Glow? I'm not sure. Because <laughs> he was sorry. He was in the TV show Glow, right? The the Netflix yeah, that first episode. <laughs> That's so weird. 
it, was that good? Did you see Glow? I it, that's another one that didn't catch my attention. Even though I hear it's great, it picks up. I'm just like it just didn't catch my attention. I'll give it another shot. At some point, I'll give it a chance. I haven't yet yeah. sat down and even tried, unfortunately. I did watch the Glow documentary that was like the actual behind the scenes and how shit went down. I think it was on Hulu at one point, maybe, or Netflix yeah. or something like that. But uh, yeah, uh, Kenny Omega, it was kind of cool because he sold the arm injury uh, throughout the whole thing fucking so well. And then at the very end, when he goes for the one winged angel at first and doesn't get it. Yep. I'm like, oh shit, this is, he's probably not winning this match. But then when he finally got him up the second time and nailed it, I was like, oh, it's over. The fourth time. Oh. He did, he did four attempts on the one winged angel. That's right. There were a total of, I, that, that, the third one is where he was selling the arm and he couldn't get it. He couldn't lock it. That's it. And then uh, Penta slipped out like the back door. Yep. That sounded bad, but. You know what I meant. Then the lights go down. And I'm just like, lights are out. Are we having problems on TV? Like, that's that was the, my first thought was I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so the lights go down and, you know, I'm kind of looking down because I'm, I'm eight rows back from the actual floor. And people are pointing towards the stage. I'm just like, no, dude, he's right here. He's right in front of us. No, he's literally right in front of us. Everybody's like, no, 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 he's up on stage. I'm like, no. I saw the, the back flap, like the little tie, mm-hmm. run past us. I'm like, he's right there, man. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because he darted and then he kind of missed where he had to go through the crowd to get to the ring. Because people are standing looking around, so they kind of closed the aisle. Oh, shit. So he kind of, like, couldn't see where the security guards were to open up that so he can run to the barricade. So, yeah, he kind of overshot, then had to double back, and then everything opened. You know, the security guards came and opened up the crowd so he can run through the crowd. And then hopped into the ring. Lights come up, and it's Pentagon still lying in the ring. Until he stood up, and everybody recognized the tattoo. Immediately. Don Callis yeah. on on uh, the commentary goes, Well, that left arm doesn't look like Penta. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as he said that, I was like, it's Y2J. And then I looked at the tattoos, I was like, it's fucking Jericho for sure. This is going to be awesome. Yep, mask comes out, Jericho. You know, Con- does two code breakers. Continuing pick, that feud. Picks up the mics and says, see you on the Jericho cruise. And if that thing is not on streaming or pay-per-view, I'm going to be pissed. I don't think it's going to be. Honestly, I really, I mean, I don't, I don't know in what world Jericho would be able to afford something like that is all I'm saying. To have them, Afford to stream it? Yeah. To have it like a. He doesn't have to pay to stream it. It's the satellite companies and pay-per-view. Oh, so you're saying just like have him do it like like a Facebook live streaming or Twitch or something? No, no, like fight app and oh, okay, okay, like the Bucks and NWA did. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe they will. Yeah. That'd be cool. I would be all about that because there's supposed to be some cool matches on there, isn't? 
well, I guess we're not getting the Young Bucks teaming up with Y2J on that cruise now. No, 100% they are. They're still doing it. So now there's going to be... It's Alpha versus Omega Club. Oh, whoa. So you got the Young Bucks with Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page, Marty Scroll, and Kenny Omega. Damn, that's a crazy match. Yeah. I didn't know that they had actually officially announced that or anything. That's it was wild. on being the elite. I missed it. Uh, episode 103 or 104, I believe. I definitely missed that. Yeah. I, I missed a couple right after 100, and I haven't got back to them yet. I kind of was like, I got to catch up to what's going on now. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into this next match. Now, I just do want to mention real quick that I love that Kenny Omega and Jericho's feud is not ending because this could eventually spill over into other places where it could be received by larger markets who maybe don't know these guys. Uh, New Japan released an interview with Jericho, and Jericho wants to go after the the IWGP heavyweight title now. Well, I mean, there's one person standing in his way who happens to be Kenny Omega. Actually, Evil has the next shot. Really? Yeah, because that's the way. Huh? Evil versus Omega. That'll be a good match. Or no, it wasn't Evil. Pitbull. Pitbull, I'm sorry. Okay. Even still. Uh, Because the way New Japan works is that if you beat somebody in a tournament, if you beat anybody that holds the title in a non-title match, you get a title shot. He beat Kenny Omega? He beat uh, Kenny Omega in the G1. Damn. That's on my list to watch, too, the G1. So it's Pitbull and whoever wins against uh, Okada and Ishii. Okay. Because Ishii won the G1, and he has to put the um, his title shot up against... Uh, Okada because they went to a draw in their match. But Ishii in the G1 had one point more than Okada to win the tournament. Damn. Which actually makes a lot more sense than WWE having feuds over shampoo commercials. (laughs) WWE. The more I watch the stuff that's been like like all the all-in stuff, New Japan, stuff that's not the what typically is on television, the more I'm just like, I don't understand how WWE is still so doing so well, I guess. Well, they're not doing well in ratings. Yeah, but they still have ratings. Like they're like I mean They're they're pulling in two sixes. Their last, their last uh, raw pulled in a two six. You're you're talking, you know. At their height, they were pulling in nines. Yep, during the Attitude Era. Yeah, now they're down to twos. Yeah, but I mean, as opposed to they're doing so well because they got the big money television deals and they got the network and. Mm-hmm. They're all about the content, not the actual quality. Nailed it. And they have too many talented wrestlers they aren't utilizing properly. And it, it kind of comes boils down to them merging the pay-per-views together. So now you've got 
you're saying the same, the same 10 people over and over and over again. You're not getting this SmackDown. You know, you're not getting 10 from SmackDown and 10 on Raw. You're getting the same 10 over and over again. Yeah, and it's hard to... You're getting five matches for SmackDown, five matches for Raw, and that's why the pay-per-views are 17 hours now. <laughs> they are really long. Yeah. Uh, this one actually wasn't super bad. Four hours total with a one-hour pre-show. Like yeah. Five hours of wrestling, and it was good wrestling at that. Yeah. They hit on every single note, um, especially this next match, the oh. Okada-Marty Scroll match. Man, this match is one of those, and we talked about it last time, I kind of thought and hoped it would go a different way, but I loved the match they put on. Uh, Marty Skrull not only showed that he should be in the, the normal heavyweight division, but just he worked really well with Okada. I thought they had a beautiful flow with each other. Everybody thought it was good to be a squash match. Not at all. Not at all. They they It started off slow. It built to a fever pitch. The crowd was super into it. I mean, bravo for Marty. Great match for Okada. Even though Okada usually does put on spectacular matches, um, each man looked phenomenal. It this elevated Marty more than it helped Okada. Absolutely, uh, you, you saw Okada return to the old school Rainmaker. Yes, three times right at the end. No, no, I'm saying his entrance. Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. Yes. With the money raining down. That was awesome. Um, I'm thinking that's because after the G1, he's got his confidence building back up. Now he beat Marty as well at the biggest pay-per-view in yeah. like modern wrestling history. But to see him not come out with like that broken with the balloon thing was just like, okay, now we're seeing, we're seeing the story of Okada bringing back his confidence like he he wants to get back to the top you think he's the he guy almost, to take the title from kenny no okay no not at all but he needs to get back to that he you're seeing the story of him building back to the the peak and they're doing it very well it's kind of like a uh broken universe guy you know here's a guy that had the, the longest reign ever in new japan um two years right or three 700 days so almost two years damn that's beautiful that's crazy yeah and that's uh, like let me let me just say though too also that i do consider in my own and i don't know what you feel about this but now that I'm a more well-informed wrestling fan, I feel like the honor of being the New Japan champion, the New Japan Pro Wrestling champion, IWGP champ, uh, is way more, way more prestigious than any WWE title right now. It's because you have to earn your spot. Exactly. And that's the difference. It's not just, oh, well, we're giving this guy a shot because we're going to give him the Vince push. He's, he. Yeah, he's selling more merch, so give him a title shot. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that way of booking at all. And I just, I love uh, Kazuchika Okada and Marty Skrull putting on 
a beautiful match. At the end there, it was two or three Rainmakers he hit on Marty. And I will say there was one moment, I don't know if you guys heard it in the ring, but when Marty was asking to get punched in the face towards the end of the match, you know, and he takes like three or four punches, one of the refs is in the corner on the ground, and he's hiding to where you can barely see him on camera, and he's screaming, Marty, now! Marty doesn't do anything. Marty, now! Second time, doesn't do anything. Marty, now! Like, I feel like he knew that time was really running out for the pay-per-view and that they had to wrap shit up. The timekeeper was going nuts. Oh, yeah. He was just getting... They were fuming. Like, where we can all see the timekeeper and he's going freaking nuts. Because that time... Yeah, that, that ref, I'm just like, why the hell is that ref just crouching there? This whole time. Um, yeah, so they ran they ran like 10 minutes over. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Okada doing the first Rainmaker, you know, he, he throws up the 205 and everybody just busts out laughing. It was just great. My psychology, you know, they... It was just a great match. It really was. Absolutely. It was a lot better than what anybody expected. And that's the type of match that you want to have on a card like that. So they probably they probably went backstage. He probably got a little bit of a tongue lashing. But, you know, when you're hot, you're hot, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they, they are the longest match on the card, 26 yep. minutes, um, going four minutes and four seconds longer than the Cody-Nick Aldis match. Um, but 12 minutes, about 12 minutes over the, what they should have been. And that caused what to happen? This next match. To be shortened by 12 minutes almost exactly. Yep. And uh, the Golden Elite with Matt, Nick, Jackson, and Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix, and Bandito. So everybody came out at the same time to one music. Nobody got their individual spot on stage. Everybody rushed down, and it was high spot galore. Man, they just were like, just okay, raining high spots. No psychology now. We're going to hit all those spots we talked about. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Last and one to hit they, their high spot goes home. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it ended with the FU to Dave Meltzer. With the Meltzer the driver. Meltzer driver. With three seconds to spare. Dude, I'm watching this thing, and I had even told Sarah and Veronica, I was like, look, I'm sorry, but wrestling's going to be on a little bit longer because I'm sure that as soon as All In is over, that Cody and the Bucks will come out and say something, and they'll have some nice long speech. That's how wrestling typically is. We did not get that on the pay-per-view at no, all. No, you did not. It was like... They hit that one, two, three. They got to their knees to stand up, and bam, off air. It was black screen onto the little whatever the logo that was the outro for whatever production company. Yep. And I was confetti, like, confetti starts raining down. Cody comes out. Matt takes the mic, and he says, "We did this with three seconds to spare." <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. So you guys are in the arena still, and get. Honestly, a beautiful moment where there's like a 17 and a half minutes worth of the people who put on being the elite and who put on all in um, praising and showing their gratitude to the fans and to each other. 
and uh, some really cool speeches from Cody and Nick and Matt. Uh, what was that like? We knew we just witnessed something that in the short term we know nothing's going to change. But when the industry is going to change within the next year or two, we can point to this moment and say, this was it. Yeah, this is where this it all is, kicked this off. This is where it all kicked off. And like Bubba Ray Dudley tweeted out yesterday, it was just like he knew he was part of something special and he didn't feel this much energy since ECW barely legal. Damn. And that was a game changer. That was that was the unofficial kickoff of the Attitude Era. Yeah, that was, was that pay-per-view that brought ECW national. Yeah, because that was our first nationally televised <laughs> pay-per-view officially. Yeah. I mean, we were watching it at 3 o'clock in the morning here in Chicago on WTTW um, after Fist of the North Star. Damn dedication to wrestling oh i set my alarm to be able to wake up to watch ecw at three o'clock in the morning that's badass you know and then we talked about it in high school the next day and saying oh dude did you see that yeah we saw that uh but yeah like barely legal was the unofficial start to the attitude era because that was right in that time where okay now we've got competition we have Mr. McMahon, and then we have the Monday Night Wars. So, like, we know this is special, but we don't know what's going to happen next. I'm not sure what's going to happen next, but I want to say something that's interesting that I kind of thought about. This event, All In, is a culmination of the WWE stifling our wrestling industry for the past couple decades. And what I mean by that is, okay, so like coming out of the Attitude Era, we were into the Ruthless Aggression Era, as it were, and whatnot, and then the Now Era and everything. Uh, they've kind of had a stronghold on what the mainstream user knows about professional wrestling. But the Young Bucks, the Bullet Club, Kenny, Cody, all those guys have created this groundswell, all-in sells out in 30 minutes. And honestly, if they do an all-in two, I think they're going to go for a much larger venue, and I guarantee it sells out as well. Because there Depending were, on where it's at. There were so many people that still didn't get tickets that I talked to that wanted tickets that couldn't get into the arena that, you know. They could have done 15000 easily within the same amount of time, just like MSG. Yes. Uh, oh, that I would be, be legendary. Surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they sold out. They could have sold out the United Center easily. I don't even know how many seats the United Center has. Thinking 34,000? Let me see if I can pull that up. I'm pulling it up right now. You're faster than I am, apparently. <laughs> I'm slow. Maybe it's the dyslexia. United Center, 23,500. Okay. So I was only um, 11,000 off. Let's see. Let's see what the Allstate Arena holds. 17? 18.5. Okay. I'm thinking that they probably could... They could have sold out the Allstate, no problem. United Center would have been, like, very, very close. 
if not completely sold out. Well, if, uh, if it would have been at the United Center, I would have had a ticket because I would have been yeah. able to get one. So it probably would have sold out, you know? I'm thinking that they, yeah, they 100% could have done all state, more than likely done the United Center. Um, the next biggest venue is Soldier's Field, and I don't think they could have done Soldier's Field. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> at six, 61,000. No, not yet. I think that it would take, um, you know, a couple years of them doing what they're doing and keeping on the grind and doing their own thing. And I love that Cody said whatever step comes next they're going to take together. Yeah. So this core of the Bullet Club, this very special thing. Um, I'm thinking me personally – you know, if they make this a traveling show, I think it would kind of take away from it. I'm honestly thinking this should be like Lollapalooza. Once a year special, special, special. Once a year in Chicago special. Make it make it the World Series. Fuck yeah. And maybe you okay. can do like the first two or three years in Chicago and then maybe think about moving yeah. it to a different city because, you know, and you're giving other fans opportunities to go because sometimes travel keeps people mm-hmm. away from going so but this is also chicago is the centralized location in the united states you are right everybody so can fly to it, o'hare if they throw it in la or new york then you have to you know people from across the country don't want to do that i mean you're you're three and a half hours away from la you're two hours away from new york here in chicago dead on on a flight could not say it better. So now we have an interesting quandary I need to know. If you could rate this card, these 11 matches with the pre-show included. 4-5. Four, 4-5 five. Four, five overall, flat rate, out of 5. Yep. I was going to say a 4.25, so I think we're right in the ballpark. If uh, those first two matches were better, it would have been a 5-star all 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 day and i think if the matt cross match might have been uh either advertised or something yeah because it did kind of stultify everybody going what is this match who are these guys am i watching the right thing yep is this the fucking pre-show again and i'm missing all in what's happening but it wasn't the case and uh i i okay so for you match of the night let's let's hear it (sighs) heavy breath because this is hard after rewatching it, I still got it. I I I stuck with Marty Okada. After rewatching it, I I'm staying right behind that Marty Okada. Yeah, I think I, I think I have a hard time against like picking against Okada and Marty for their match. However, I I think that Kenny and Penta stole the show. Um, and I but maybe see, but part of me also thinks about the Kenny Omega who typically has matches with Okada that are five and a half star and beyond. And he was a little dialed back just a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that well, I, when you get dropped on your neck 16 times, you're, you're, you're right. You're not wrong at all there. That's true. <laughs> Did it bother you that Kenny Omega didn't come out with the IWGP title around him? I questioned it, but then I realized, you know, is that an honor thing? I think it is. Okay, okay, I respect it's that. It's for it's for Japan. This is not a Japan card or it's not a uh, New Japan card. I think it was more of an honor thing than anything else. Totally. And, and I will... the title wasn't on the line, so why bring the title? Okay, I vibe that. 
I don't know, I guess I could and 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 in the same isn't Penta right now the Impact champ? Or yes. was he or is he currently? Uh Oh no, he's actually in uh CMLL. CMLL. Yeah, 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 my bad. But he had been Impact champ. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I was really impressed with Penta L Zero and Kenny Omega in their match. The CML Heavyweight Championship is actually currently vacant. Hmm. Wonder what they're gonna do with that. Probably a tournament, and Penta's gonna take it. Especially after having a boss match with Kenny Omega. Yeah, you got to put Penta at the top of your company. I guess it's kind of cool too. I will say that all these guys, every single person that's a part of the All In card, the first All In event that we're talking about here, they're all made from now on. Like they're going to be able to get booked wherever and do whatever they want as professional wrestlers, and they'll probably be offered better contracts than say before they were in this. I mean, some of these guys already were made. You know, you talk about the people in the Bullet Club and stuff. But your outliers, your uh, your Flip Gordons, your Jay Lethals, Joey Janela is another good example. Uh, look back to Nick Aldis, who kind of really impresses on a different level, not being Magnus anymore. Um, did you ever see him as Magnus? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Uh, Impact. Yeah, it was it was not that great. I it was he was no. pretty much uh, Chris Masterson. Yeah. Um, without actually being Chris Masterson, but. Uh, I digress. I loved this card. 4.25 for me, 4.5 for you. We'll just call it a 4.5. It makes it easy. Um, well, Cody Cody said it best. They, they, he said that they were the undesirables. Now they're the undeniables. And you have to do it that way, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, to kind of speak to your uh, art career, that is kind of your motto as well. Like, you just are going to do it till the wheels fall off because... Ain't nobody gonna stop you. Nope. I love it. I absolutely love no. that that yeah, drive. He, he, this this whole thing this whole thing actually kind of did inspire me to say, you know, spinning my wheels for the last decade. You know, I just gotta say, fuck it. I'm doing it on my own. Yeah, and and go your own way. You know, carve your own path, and that's the best way to be. Uh, and and the the Bullet Club and company did specifically. The, the Jacksons and uh, and Cody here. Uh, one thing I want to say is they did say they were like, uh, would you you guys want to see this again in the after thing? Crowd goes nuts, all in two, all in two. And they were yeah. like, no, we don't have a graphic or anything. But that inspired <laughs> me, and I made a fucking graphic, and I sent it to you, and I posted it all over the internet, and I'm trying to get them to see it because I thought it was pretty awesome. No, yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant uh, graphic and simple yeah simple elegant and gets right to the point and perfect it's a perfect logo hopefully they use it it's better than anything that i saw that anybody else did that put like the giant two behind it like wrestlemania 2 and like it's it fits it fits their logo and they're not wwe like i don't want to draw any comparison because there's no there's the only thing you can say that they're alike in WWE, honestly, breaking it down to the most finite scale, is that it happens in a ring. 
Because the way that the WWE performers are told to perform versus how All In's card was done, two different levels. The no, well, there were no bullshit promos on this pay per view, and it was glorious. No. the The promos set the story for the match. If you didn't watch Being the Elite, they gave you why this match was happening. Exactly, it was just enough. It wasn't overdone. Yeah. Seven and a half minutes of raw highlights that were only thirty seconds from the night before this pay per view. Yeah, or the Monday before this pay per view. So. Talking it, talking about it with my friends and everything that saw it on pay per view and were with us, you know, we decided that that this show gave it was a celebration of wrestling, every type of wrestling. You had the celebrity, you had the hardcore match, you had the gimmicky match, you had the luchadors. You had the 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 great technical wrestling. Everything was represented in this. I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, it was, and, and we had talked about this, I think, earlier in the in the podcast here. When I, I think it was around the the four corner survival match, I was saying that every match had its own setting. Like they, it all felt unique and and spotlighted. So when Okada and Skrull are up. It's okay. Well, like all the other matches did happen, and I'm not forgetting them, but I'm not laser focused on what had already happened. I'm laser focused on this next match. What story are they going to be able to tell? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? Because it's not going to be what Kenny and Omega and Penta just did, or what Jay Lethal and Flip just did. I mean, and you're not going to replicate the Hangman Page thing because you're not. No more penis pretender. I mean, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you watch Wrestle Talk on YouTube at all. Yep. Uh, but Ollie Davis said that you know typically when I'm when my fa- my family's coming around when watching wrestling I get a little bit awkward and having to explain why I watch this. But this time I there was I didn't have to say anything because there were just giant inflatable penises on my screen. <laughs> like well, the funny thing is, is that some people that I talk to on I am that don't watch wrestling or anything. You know, I talk to them and I go, yeah, you know, I went to this wrestling match last night and. One of the highlights of the thing was giant inflatable penises. They're like, what? And I sent them pictures out of completely out of context. <laughs> That's amazing. And they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It was great. <laughs> like, Huge dude, pop for Joey Ryan. There's eight, eight giant inflatable penises on stage. What can I say? How can I explain that to somebody that doesn't know anything about wrestling, nothing about Joey. The fact that people grab his penis and then he flips them with their penis. How can I explain that to anybody? You really can't. Legit like. <laughs> They're going to be like, nah. And you're going to be yeah. like, let me show you. Yeah. And then you're going to show, show, and you're gonna show that being the elite where him and Hangman were in the ring together before he was murdered. the bottle of piss that he had oh. shoved down Hangman. It was apple fact, juice. And the fact that Joey took the sucker, put oil <laughs> down his pants, threw the sucker down his pants, kicked Hangman, took the sucker out, put, in put it mouth. in his mouth, and then kicked him again. We're just like, 
I want to know how that one, how that came up, and two, what their discussion was afterwards. Oh, oh, that just like grosses me out. Because first of all, that was in Joey Ryan's mouth. Then it was in his yes. pants by his cock with with oil. oil, not just like just human sweat, which is one thing, which is it's like kind of own special kind of gross, but baby oil, which is oh, oh, oh. I, I just hangman page real gangster. I don't think I've seen anything as gross as that since when Tommy dreamer drank undertaker's tobacco spit. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. That was pretty fucking gross. Yeah. Uh, but overall I loved all in. Um, I'm really looking forward to the future of whatever being the elite and company do. I can't board. wait for the next episode of being the elite, which technically this was the culmination of 108 episodes of being the elite. Um, I don't know where they're going to go from here on being the elite, but give me another 100 episodes, guys, and give me exactly what you gave me tonight and, or on Saturday night, and it'll be amazing. So do you think you've been to a couple wrestling events now this year? You had you were at your NXT event in Chicago in June, and now you were here at All In in September. And I'm and I'm not trying to ever compare the two, but All In is probably event of the year for you. It's probably going to be an event of a lifetime. Well said. Well said. Because it was very special. It was really cool to watch history being made in that regard because you think of – like wrestling fans in the eighties when the first WrestleMania happened. And that was kind of the buzz I was feeling. Yeah. Like, what is this going to be? What are we going to be given? How is this going to come across? And it was perfectly executed across the board. Yeah. There were some hiccups with the streaming service and whatnot, but they got those fixed. Everything was done. Well, it was fun to watch. I was happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. This is this could be the event like WrestleMania or barely legal or lethal, and uh, yeah, it's just that this is going to be one of those things that people are going to be talking about for a lifetime. Absolutely, that's why we were here today was to talk about yeah. this and to kick it off and to you know now in the future, uh, independent wrestling promotions and so on. Your ROHs, your New Japan's, everybody is on notice. Even I mean, even the WWE is officially on notice. That's how you do pro wrestling to the highest level. That's that's why I'm kind of interested to see what the WGN numbers. One, I think Sinclair was testing out. Ooh. You don't think they already own they they already own ROH. They th- oh see, oh, you're right. And it would be just it would be smart now that you know you have guys who are definitely made who definitely made a huge impact. So I'm wondering if the numbers come in, and if they pull a one, let's say they pull an eight point eight to one, they're already beating Impact. And they're halfway to WWE. Easily. Yeah. Man. Future looks bright for them for sure. I, uh, oof. I, uh, I wonder, this is a question that's, that's interesting to kind of look at. Do you think that because of the way that being the elite kind of built all in and everything, 
that pro wrestling needs to change where storylines are less when you're in the ring wrestling and more behind the scenes type stuff. Because I think that's what the allure of being the elite really made it special was it kind of blurs the lines between a professional wrestler on the road and just a guy who's selling you a story. Being the elite is perpetual content. You don't need necessarily in New Japan because it, it was based off of New Japan. It's not leading, you know, All In was an afterthought on this. So when they started doing it, it was just, it was perpetual content. Look at us, remember us, buy this next pay-per-view because we will be on it. So we're in a generation where we have to have, when we forget things from day to day that happened, these guys are completely in the mind share. They're always in the forefront of your mind share when they do weekly being the elites. Remember us, buy this pay-per-view, we will be on it. And we're going to impress you because we're not schlubs. Yeah. It's campy. It's stupid. We're filming this on iPhones. Any in it in whatever the Mac. I don't use Mac. So Same I'm a PC me guy. Either. Yep, me too. Uh, whatever the Mac studio editor is. It's down. It's dirty. It's campy. You don't need to watch it. It just enhances what we're doing in New Japan and Ring of Honor. It's perpetual content, and yes, we need that. Um, They took what Matt Hardy started way back when with V1, made it their own, and just ran with it and did it better. You saying Matt Hardy and V1 makes me think of that old show they had, Bite This. Yep. Yeah, isn't that where he isn't that where he debuted V one? It was, was that like or bite. Taboo Tuesday or whatever that Taboo Tuesday. Yes, Taboo Tuesday, where you, fans quote or unquote Cyber Monday live voted what yeah. uh, matches they wanted to see happen. Weird construct. Oh, you know what? Actually, damn it, I don't want to bring this up today because it will bring up a whole another tangent of two hours of conversation. Because uh, maybe we'll save this for next episode, but I want to talk about McMahon's Millions, if you remember that. Oh, God. And um, I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory that no money was actually given away in the WWE. Like, I kind of feel like every single person that won quote-unquote McMahon's Millions was someone who worked for the company that they were calling. And they were making everybody believe they were giving money away. Because I don't think I can, I don't think I've ever found anybody online that's claimed to actually have won McMahon's millions. Didn't they only? He called a whole bunch of people and they didn't know and they got the wrong numbers and only one person won, didn't it? I think they did it a couple times though. They did like because I feel like they did a couple giveaways on Raw and they did maybe one or two on SmackDown as well. Um, I will do some research on it because I think there's a uh, on WrestleMania there's a behind the Titan Tron on it. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, you may send me a link to that so I can also look into it. Cause... I think there was. I there was something going on. I know one of the one of the wrestling sites has a, a thing on it. Okay. I just have to figure out which one it was, and I'll send you a link. Cool. Sounds great. Well, but yeah, uh, we can talk about that next time. Sounds good. Or we could talk 
wrestling conspiracy theories next time. Oh my god, that Wee-oo. sounds so much fun. Re- Re- <laughs> X-Files style. Uh, yeah, wrestling conspiracies. That would be... I'm into that. So we'll talk more cool. about that. But before we get out of here, we're going to let everybody know where they can check out Journey Into Wrestling. That's on the Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com or... Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, search Journey into Comics Network. You'll get all 10 shows on our network. we got a show coming every day of the week, so always new content coming your way. Or go to Patreon, throw us a dollar to get early access and exclusive content. So shows that only appear on Patreon like tomorrow, or yesterday, rather, if we're time traveling. Yesterday we dropped the Bruise with Dudes post-game show first episode they did of that it was super fun to listen to that was just a dollar you guys give it to us and we will give it to you that's going to do it for this week of journey into wrestling thank you matt once again for joining me thank you for having me dude it's always a pleasure for sure uh till next time yeah for journey into comics i've been nate oh i'm matt there you go (laughs) (laughs) i'm matt hi i love that okay And this has been Journey Into Wrestling, folks. Thank you guys so much for checking out our all-in coverage. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Later.